Uh, we're going to talk about healing the sick. Amen. Amen. But let me remind y'all that uh, beginning Sunday morning at 1030, we're having our David Ellis meetings. And going to be Sunday morning at 1030, Sunday night at 6 o'clock, Monday morning at 1030, Monday night at 7, 7 versus 6 on Sunday. And then Tuesday at 1030 and Tuesday night at 7. It's going to be a big blessing. I believe that God's I know God's got a plan for these meetings. This is inspired, and uh, we're excited about it. And I've said this, and some of you might not have heard me say this because I said this right when we started, but tonight is the beginning of Rosh Hashanah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that, a lot of people say, well, that is the Jewish New Year. or uh, And it is, but it's not the... Uh, like the regular new year, that it is the spiritual new year for the Jews. Hallelujah. And since we, we're going to talk about uh, uh, that, so uh, I believe a new year. God's been speaking to us, and we've had words from the Lord for about a new beginning, new day. Hallelujah. So uh, I think that I just declare and say, I believe it starts tonight. I know I was very quickened about tonight. I think the Jewish holidays have a lot of significance for us. Amen. And uh, they are, that, it, it's awesome. So it began tonight at, uh, at sundown, uh, and we'll continue through tomorrow. So we're going to talk about healing the sick tonight. I believe, and I believe most of you believe, uh, that we are called to be a healing church. We're not talking about spiritual healing, although that's part of it, but we're talking about a healing of the sick, healing from physical ailments, maladies, and so forth. Um, and this means that we use every means available as far as spiritual healing, which would include the five-fold ministry. Hallelujah. Healing can come from the five-fold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, as found in Ephesians 4. And the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Many of the gifts of the Spirit can be used for that are for divine healing, even though there's one gift of the Spirit called the gifts of healing. We know that. But also word of knowledge, word of wisdom, a prophecy, uh, of course, working of miracles the, in the nine gifts of the Spirit, even discerning of spirits, because a lot of times sickness can be caused by a demon spirit. And so... Uh, those are uh, the nine gifts of the Spirit. So we always believe for those to operate in the church. Also including the prayer of faith found over in James. The Bible says, is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And so that the prayer of, uh, and praying the prayer of faith. Hallelujah. Then including the laying over on of hands over in Mark chapter 16. These signs shall follow them that believe. Hallelujah. Them that believe, them that believe. How many of you believe? Hallelujah. And then also anointing with oil by the elders of the church, also found in James, in the same place where we find the, the uh, prayer of faith. And it says, anointing them with oil. We've got a little bottle of oil. I think it's hid behind the plant over here. Hallelujah. Not for any reason that we hide it. It's just, it's over there. And as, 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 the, as that is appropriate, we anoint with oil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're going to get started on some things. I know that one of the things God is leading us to, and I don't know when it'll start or when it'll, how it'll happen. It's just something to be praying out. But I do know that for quite some time, he's been leading me that on Wednesday night, 
we needed to begin to study these things, get these truths down in us concerning uh, healing. But I know we're going to be having healing meetings in the church. I don't want to call it healing school because I think it'll be different than healing school. Actually, I think it'll be a lot of, some of it will be uh, even one-on-one ministry and so forth. And uh, so as we go through the next few weeks uh, studying healing, we're going to study about how to minister divine healing. I'm going to approach it more from that area than I am from, but you can get, go, you go ahead and get healed while we're teaching on healing. Hallelujah. I'm receiving it every day. Just go ahead and get healed because you can, uh, but, but we're going to all really approach it from the area of uh, ministering divine healing and how to minister divine healing how to minister to the saved, how to minister to the unsaved. The Bible makes provision for both, but you don't do it the same way. It's not one size fits all. And you can't minister to two Christians the same way. Jesus didn't. He ministered to them different. He would, sometimes he, sometimes he had to resolve their internal conflict first. Sometimes he had to, he would ask them a question to get them in faith and or to find out if they were in faith because he didn't necessarily know if they, Jesus did not know everything while he was on the earth because the Bible says, and he stripped himself of his divinity and came to earth as a man. And he had to be anointed by the Holy Ghost just like we do. Acts 10.38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost who went about doing good and healing all those that were sick and oppressed of the devil. Okay? And so he had to, have, he had to be anointed just like we have to be anointed. And uh, he didn't know where he, when he knew something, he knew it just like you know it. He knew it by a gift of the Spirit. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Listen to the Father. Spent time in prayer. Always was trying to get away and, and spend time alone with God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So that he could uh, hear what the Father had to say. Hallelujah. So when he went out that day, he knew what was going to happen because he had seen it in his prayer time. He saw it. He, and, and so we'll talk about that as we go on. So tonight we're going to start, though, with the basis of healing. Because we, we need to know, okay... What we're basing this healing ministry on? What what is our basis for healing in the Word of God? How do we know that God's a healer? Hallelujah! I know I was very surprised after being a Christian from the time I was ten years old till I was twenty-eight years old. Before, and I guess y'all can tell I'm a little past that now. Not a lot. Not a lot. Hallelujah! <laughs> but uh, uh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I know I look older than I am. <laughs> no. Oh, I don't know about if I like that either, but um, okay. But anyway, um, what was I trying to say? Y'all like the basis for healing. Okay. And so, um, okay, we'll just have to go on. I'll come back to that. Okay. First, the first, the very basic thing that we have to know, and am I too, is this too loud tonight? I sound loud to myself. Okay, not too loud. Okay, it's too loud in the back because I notice it's different in the back when I set the back one Sunday. Okay, not too loud. If I get too loud, just put a hands over your ears. Barry will see you and he'll, he'll make adjustments. Okay, the very basis thing that we have to know if we're going to understand divine healing is covenant. Number one thing is covenant. Hallelujah. Understand that we have a covenant with Almighty God. 
We're not going to talk so much tonight about how to get the lost healed. Because you can minister to the sinner and get them healed. But um, as I, it's, it, the, you know, the, it's the uh, dinner bell. A lot of people, a lot of evangelists say, well, God will ring the dinner bell and they'll go over to a foreign country like John Smithwick does. And he went to, uh, where was that last place he went? Guatemala or somewhere. And, uh, and he had a big crusade. And guess what God did? He rang the dinner bell. And so all these people start getting healed. And guess what? Their God, well, I don't know who Guatemalans have for gods, but I don't know. But especially when he's in Thailand and places like that, they have Buddha. And, um, and their Buddha doesn't heal, but our Jesus is a healer. Yeah. Amen. And so uh, that's the dinner bell. God will ring. And then that's how they know there's a difference between their God, Buddha, and our, the real God, the only living and true God, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so that can be the dinner bell, but we're going to not approach it mostly from that angle. We're going to go from the basis for healing in the church is covenant. Covenant. We have a covenant. And a lot of people don't really understand covenant, and they don't put a lot of emphasis on the fact everything is about us having a covenant with Almighty God. Hallelujah. It's powerful when you know that you are in covenant with Almighty God and you didn't make the covenant. Jesus Christ made the covenant with God. And because, listen, listen, because you didn't make the covenant, you can't break it. You can't break it. You can't break it. Now, you can, you can uh, render it ineffective in your life by what you do, what you say. You know, if you're always talking the opposite of covenant, you won't have the benefit of it. But you got covenant and you are in covenant. You can't break it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Jesus isn't going to. So let's start with going back to the Old Testament where covenant started. And I'm not going to read the scriptures, I don't think. I think I'll just tell you. But in uh, uh, Genesis 15, Abraham... Um, he, God made a covenant with him that he was going to give him the land. Remember that? The land of Israel, the land of promise. Folks, that covenant's still in effect. And, and anybody that tries to take them away from Israel is going to be in big trouble. Any nation going to be in big, big, big trouble. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. You, just, you can find that in Jeremiah and Ezekiel and different places where it says what happens to the country that tries to, to take the land away from Israel. Because in Genesis chapter 15, God made a covenant with Abraham that he would give him the land. In Genesis chapter 17, he gave Abraham a name change and he made a covenant of, with his, of his seed. He said, I'm going to make your... Children like the, your seed, your seed like the sands of the, the sea, the sands of the shore and the, help me, help me, stars of the sky. Yeah, okay. Okay, I'm going to make your seed. He made a covenant with the seed and he gave the sign of circumcision. Hallelujah. Then in Genesis chapter 22, God tested Abraham in the covenant. He, said, he actually says, I tested him. I tested you that I may know. That I may know. 
that I may know what you would do. I think God already knew what he would do, really. But I think really and truly, uh, it, when God showed Abraham, hallelujah. And so Abraham stood fast. He, he sacrificed Isaac. He raised the knife and God said, stop, stop. Now I, I tested you that I might know what you would do. And then over in Galatians 3.29, now we'll pick up there. Galatians 3.29. So Abraham has this covenant and that's the Jews and it's still in effect. It's still in force. I know some of them, you know, a lot of Jews are very secular now. Don't care a thing in this world about God. Don't know anything much about him. A lot of Jews, especially I've noticed that about American Jews. Not, not, not really spiritual. Not really, certainly not listening to God. Uh, you know, did anybody see uh, Billy Brim on Brother Copeland today talking about the, anybody see that? I would encourage you to, to get on that this week, Billy, and, and this week, next week, Billy, and they're talking about, you know, Israel and the covenant and everything. And uh, one of the things she showed was something from the Torah, actually a diagram, and about the, the first 2,000 years, you know, we are in a six-day week. Every day being a thousand years, Peter told us that. And so the first two days were, and this is what the Jews believe, and the first two days were the, uh, were the, it were the that would be the first 2,000 years, were, were the years of chaos. Two days of chaos, two days of Torah, and then at the end of the fourth day, beginning of the fifth day, which would have been right at the time that Jesus came, even the Jews believe that Messiah was supposed to come at the beginning of the fifth day. And then there would be 2,000 years of Messiah. Okay? Well, they explain it away and say, well, the reason he didn't come at the beginning of the fifth day is because of our sin. That's what they think. So now, but they do believe that the Messiah was going to be for 2,000 years and, that the, and, it, and that's the earthlies and at the end of 6,000 years, it's going to, Jesus is, it's going to be all over. Not their Messiah, they would say Messiah. So right now, Messiah, the Jews believe Messiah is coming right now because they know we are at the end of 6,000 years. Just like we believe Jesus is coming again right now. He's coming back. It, we, it, we're, it is time. We are at the end of the 6,000 years. We're at the end of the sixth day right now. And then in the seventh day, you go, we go into the millennium. And so they believe he's right. So the Jews and us, uh, the devout Jews, it, and the ones that are still faithful, they are looking for him, the Messiah, to come right now. They think for the first time. We believe he's coming right now for the second time. Amen. Uh, Ronnie Levy, who is a Jew, a pastor, uh, Joe Morris, knows him well. And Joe believes that Ronnie Levy will be the uh, prime minister of Israel during the tribulation. And so, but he's been ministered to, and even when we went to Billy Brim's meeting at Prayer Mountain in the Ozarks and prayed with them that they have every year in October, Ronnie Levy was there and he spoke, had his wife and children there. And so uh, anyway, uh, but Ronnie told Billy, said, uh, 
Now, when he comes, we're going to ask him, is this your first time to be here or is this your second? So they know what we believe. They know we believe Jesus was the Messiah and hallelujah, and he was. And so they're, and they're going to get to know him for the first time. Amen. And that's what the tribulation is all about. The tribulation is so the Jews can receive Jesus. Hallelujah. The church isn't supposed to be here going through it. Hallelujah. Praise God. We need to be watching, though. So we're in this covenant, Galatians 3.29. So uh, makes it very clear. And if ye be Christ, how many of you belong to Christ? Okay. If ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You are in the Abrahamic covenant. I know when we first got baptized in the Holy Ghost, uh, we sang a lot. We sang even more than we sing now. We just sang and sang and sang our hearts out. That was in 1980 for us. And uh, one of the songs we sang, we sang it with the kids. We were, we were lads children in, when we got baptized in the Holy Ghost. But we sang, Father Abraham has many sons. I am one of them and so are you. Hallelujah. Amen. So you are a son of Abraham. You are in covenant. Hallelujah. With Almighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So that's exciting. And that's the very, 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 very basis of healing. Healing must become a settled fact in our heart. And one of the best ways to get healing settled in our heart is to realize and know and absolutely be steady on it is I am in covenant. And because you're in covenant with Almighty God, you have, Satan has no right to put sickness and disease on you. You, are the, you belong to Jesus Christ. He died for you. Hallelujah. And he, he is trespassing on God's property. But it's not up to God to enforce covenant. God gave us that. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, we got to get truth established in our heart. The Psalm 112 man says, it says, his, my, his heart is established. Most Christians' hearts are not established. Not established on anything. A lot of Christians don't even know if they're saved or not. They hope they are. They want to be. But they are not established on the fact of I am born again. I'm a new creation. I've been transformed. My life has been rearranged. The old man is dead. I'm alive unto God. I'm alive in Christ. I got the Zoe life of God. E eternal life. Aeonius Zoe is flowing through me. They don't know that. Not established. You must get yourself established. That way you will not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Hallelujah. And I'm talking about being established on the Word of God. There is a price to be paid to get truth established in our, on the inside of us. There's a price to be paid. It takes time. You don't get a truth established on the inside of you on a Sunday morning. You can't even get it established on the inside of you if you are... Faithful, faithful to Sunday morning and Wednesday night. It's going to take more than that to get truth established on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Um, one person said, and I don't even think this is true, but I'm going to tell you what they said anyway. <laughs> they said you got to practice something 14 times to get it to long-term memory. I, I think it takes more than that. There's things I've done 14 times I couldn't remember. I still couldn't remember. There's scriptures I've read 14 times and I can't quote it. There's scriptures I've read a thousand times. So whatever it takes, it may be a thousand and one. Hallelujah. I mean, hallelujah. Uh, yes, do it. 
Um, the covenant, you, how did you get into covenant with Almighty God? Well, Jesus made the covenant, but you had to enter into it. And that's found in Romans 10, 9. Jesus cut the covenant with all, he, he, hallelujah. He was bruised and bleeding from five places in his body. He cut the covenant with Almighty God, but we enter in by Romans 10, 9, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, pastor's been talking to us about that for a month now, that we don't just confess Jesus as Savior. A lot of people want him to be Savior, but they don't want him to be Lord because Lord, you'll have to change if he's Lord. Hallelujah. Confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. You know what? If you've really been born again, and pastor says you're not born again until you're born again. In other words, there's something. The old man gets cut out. That's the circumcision we have of heart. The old man gets cut out. You're made a new creation, and you, don't, you want to do right. If you've had a born again experience, that doesn't mean you don't slip up. You might slip up because the flesh still might tell you to do something or the soul might pull you over, and, but, but not the spirit man. You're the, with the spirit man, we want to do right. We want to serve God. We want to please Him. And when, with the spirit man, we are grieved when we don't. Hallelujah. So, so, so. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's how you enter into covenant right there. From the moment you're born again, you are in covenant. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And like I said, you can't get out of it. Number two, the number two basis for healing is Jesus and the price that he paid for healing. Let's go over to Isaiah 53. We must be established. And Isaiah 53 is one of the scriptures that we must be completely established in. You say, I don't even know what Isaiah 53 says. Then you're not established. Get on it. Hallelujah. Isaiah 53, 4. Actually, the whole chapter of Isaiah 53 is prophetic of the Messiah. Isaiah 53, 4. Surely he hath borne our griefs. In the Hebrew, that word is sicknesses. You, wanna, you ought to write that in your Bible out beside grief. Sicknesses. Hallelujah. Surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Sorrows is the Hebrew word pains. Y'all got that? Surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. So right there, we have the basis of salvation, the basis we have the God solved the sin problem right there, transgressions and iniquities. And he solved the sickness problem, he, the, the chastisement, the peace problem, the chastisement for our peace, that word shalom also means prosperity. Shalom means uh, a peace in mind, but it also means prosperity. Was upon him and with his stripes, the stripes that he bore on his back, we are healed. And this was prophetic. This was Isaiah spoke this before Jesus. And then verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. God, it, a lot of Christians just can't get that. It pleased the Lord for this to happen. God wasn't up in heaven going, those people, they killed my son. 
They beat him. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. Not, and this is really speaking of, of the spiritual bruising that happened to Jesus. God planned it. He planned it. The Bible says Jesus Christ crucified before the foundation of the world. Even before Adam fell, God had it all planned. God had it all planned that he would send his son and that he would be bruised for our iniquities. He would, the chastisement of our peace would be upon him. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. God put him to grief. He hath put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. God said, oh, praise God. He did it. Praise, praise myself. He did it. Hallelujah. He did it. He did it. And now mankind and that curse that was on mankind, that death that was reigning in mankind and in the hearts of all men, all men, now it was broken. The Bible says that Jesus Christ came to destroy the works of the devil. A lot of people say, well, he didn't because the devil's still doing stuff. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about he came to destroy that work of the devil. That work where Adam fell and mankind came under death. Hallelujah. He did destroy the works of the devil. And hallelujah. Okay. Then let's go over to Malachi 4.2. Another basis for healing in what Jesus did for us. Malachi 4.2. There's some other things in Malachi besides the tithe, y'all. Y'all to read it sometime. Hallelujah. Malachi 4.2. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. Unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness, that's him, Jesus, Arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as the calves of the stall. You know, that's what happened at the beginning of the fifth day. The, Jesus Christ came forth, born of a virgin. Hallelujah. Fulfilled every prophecy. The prophecy of, of Micah that said he would be born in Bethlehem. Fulfilled. Hallelujah. Born of a virgin, that prophecy. Fulfilled. Just like the prophet said it would be. He came. Hallelujah. Down to the last detail. And, he, and then he arose. When he was 30-something years old, he arose. First of, his, first of his 30s, he arose with healing in his wings. One version says healing in his beams. Beams of light coming out of his hands going all through Israel, laying hands on people and sending forth healing. And let me remind you, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I started that sentence a while ago. That was the sentence I started and couldn't remember, is when we found out that, isn't it amazing how the Holy Ghost bring you back? When we found out, and we were, I was 28 years old, been saved 18 years before I found out that Jesus Christ was the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it was such a thrilling day. Hallelujah. If y'all don't, if you, y'all, we are mild and quiet. We were wild. 
when we got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Driving all night to hear somebody speak, no problem. Of course, we were 28 too. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, man, no problem. Stay up all night praying, no problem. We were wild. Sing at the top of our lungs, going places. No problem. And pastor can't even sing, and we still did. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, turn over to Matthew 8, 17. Oh, don't you love to talk about healing? Praise God, just receive what you need tonight. Because faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Matthew 8, 17. Well, I want to go up to 16. When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word. Say, his word. We'll get back to that. And healed all that were sick. There's a few times in the Bible where it says God healed all that were sick. I'm believing, believe with me, that we're going to start having some all that were sick were healed meetings. Hallelujah. Now, every time Jesus had a meeting, all that were sick weren't healed. We know that. But he had some meetings. You can find it two or three times in the Bible where he would have a meeting and all that were sick were healed. I'm believing for it. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sickness. So here we are in Matthew, and Jesus is starting his ministry, and Isaiah has prophesied, Malachi has prophesied it, and here we are, and, and Matthew said that it was fulfilled, and Jesus began to do it, and he, it, because he himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses, and it's like, okay, but he had not been to the cross. He had not took our infirmities. He had not bare our sicknesses. I like what one person says, said, well, he did it on the credit. God did it on credit because he knew. See, he already knew. He already knew Jesus was going to fulfill that. It was going to be done, so Jesus went about healing. Okay, then looking over at 1 Peter 2.24, one of the most important. Now, honestly, and if you're going to minister divine healing, and I believe that um, this cur that we're called to be divine healing ministers. Hallelujah. That's a part of the call on us. Hallelujah. So if we're going to be divine healing ministers, we need to be able to turn to the healing scriptures. Know right where they're at, all of them. Hallelujah. So get a copy of some. I think there might be even one back on the table. I'm not sure. But get them all marked in your Bible and get them marked. I like to mark them in a different color than everything else. That way, if you don't know right where they're at, just go to all the yellow spots. And you can get them down and you just go into yellow, go to yellow, go to yellow. Hallelujah. And then, uh, or, and then as you begin to quote these and turn to them, and there's, I, I know that there's books, and I use books. I have one by Gloria Copeland that I use that has healing scriptures in it. It actually has the healing scriptures that Dodie Osteen used every day when she was healed of cancer, when she had six weeks to live. And so, and I will use that from time to time, but let me tell you something, there's nothing like turning in your Bible, your Bible, your Bible, hallelujah. And you will get where the first thing will happen is you have to turn the yellow. The next thing that'll happen is, well, I know it's in Peter and I know where it's at on the page, but I don't remember what the, and there's a lot of scriptures that are like that for me. It's like, well, I know where it's at. But I don't know. And if I get somebody else's battle, I'm, Bible, I'm in a heap of trouble. 
there's a lot. <laughs> but uh, the healing scriptures, we get down in us where when somebody says, 1 Peter 2.24, you go, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Man, you've got it. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I just said it. By whose, this, was, this was what Peter said. He said it was done who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. One of the things I like to say is I'm just as healed as I am saved. All in the same thing. Dead to sin, alive unto righteousness, healed. I'm dead to sin, I'm alive. I'm just as healed as I am saved. It's already done. It's mine. It belongs to me. You may not see it in my body. That doesn't bother me. That doesn't bother me. I know I'm healed. I know I received it. I believed I received it. Number three, the third basis for healing. Going to have to pick it up here, aren't we? Faith. We must always be building our faith. Romans 10, 17. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Not having heard. Hallelujah. Now, I don't want to go into this, but I don't have time to explain everything from the whole Bible to y'all. But truly, really and truly, we already have faith because it was a gift from God. That's what Ephesians says. So faith is uh, enlightened or uh, made alive or give me the other words. Y'all know this? Arisen. Huh? Arisen. Faith arises by hearing the word. Faith, you hear the word faith will arise in your heart. Even though you have the faith of Almighty God residing on the inside of you, that's what uh, uh, he, uh, Mark 11 says. That's what Ephesians says. And we're not going to go into that tonight. But Romans 4, let's go over there. No, let's go to Hebrews eleven six first. Hebrews eleven six. This whole healing ministry is going to have to be based on faith. You must develop your faith, not only that Jesus is a healer. I believe we've done that. I believe that we have developed our faith and know that, that, he, uh, that it's God's will to heal every time. We've renewed our minds to that. We're not wondering whether it's God's will to heal. We, don't, we know God's not up there playing heavenly bingo and He is no respecter of persons. Hallelujah. He is no respecter of persons. He does not play favorites. He doesn't say, now Lisa, you need to suffer with sickness, but Melissa, I'm going to heal her. It's my will. That is bad doctrine. That is not our God. It's his will to heal everyone, and it's up to us. And a lot of it's, uh, the Bible says, my people are destroyed or my people perish for lack of knowledge. Right? Okay. Uh, so uh, we're looking, where are we going? Hebrews eleven six. Yeah, I'll get there in a minute. I say I will. Got to get the right part of the Bible, don't we? But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe, must believe that he is, that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But without faith, without faith, nothing's going to happen. Without faith, nothing's going to happen. God is not moved by need. If he was moved by need, everybody would be healed. Hallelujah. Although he is compassionate towards us when we have problems, he is not moved to act based on need. He's moved to act based on faith. Hallelujah. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Impossible. Impossible to get anything done without faith. Hallelujah. Faith begins where the will of God is known. So if you don't know 
that the will of God is to heal, you won't have faith for healing. You'll be wondering, is it his will to heal me? I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe he's trying to teach me something. False. <laughs> Hallelujah. Maybe he's uh, withholding it for a while till I can know. Not, I'm not saying that there might not be something blocking, but it's not Jesus. It's not God that's blocking healing. He already did it. He already paid the price. He already said, Corinthians said, he's, the promises of God are already yea and amen. Yes and amen. They already are. Good. Amen. So we're good on that. So without faith. So it, that's going to be a basis of healing. We're going to have to have faith to minister healing. And we're going to talk about this more, but... We have to develop our faith in what we've got on the inside of us. And that when I lay hands, I, something comes out of me. I am releasing something. And we, we obviously, I loved what Pastor Buzzy used to say. Remember how he would say, uh, he would say, uh, I guarantee you, I will pray the prayer of faith. What didn't he say that? I will. You, you, no matter what goes on in this room, I guarantee you, I prayed the prayer of faith for you. And that's how we have to develop ourselves to the point where I don't care what you look like. I prayed the prayer of faith. And I know, and I know healing went out of my hands and into your body. And a lot of things about ministering healing are determination. Uh, oh, I, I, I'll tell you about this story. Anybody ever heard of Rick Renner? Missionary now too. Has a church in Russia. Two, church, two or three churches, I think, in Russia now. But when he first started off in the ministry, and I heard him tell this on the tape, and I was just sweating bullets myself, I'm telling you. I was just, and the, one of the very first meetings he had when he went out into full-time ministry, his, there was a lady there in a wheelchair. And his wife, not him, his wife, Denise, that lady, I believe, came up for prayer or whatever. And so she tried to get her up and get her to walking. And so she was dragging her, dragging her. And that's not all. She, that lady came back the next night. Denise said, come on, you are, you're healed. You're getting out of that wheelchair and dragged her across the front. Rick said he thought his life and his ministry was over, completely over. For five nights, she dragged that woman across the front of that church. And on the fifth night, she got up and walked. We got to have some determination in us. We're just too sissy. We're just too big of sissies, all of us, myself included. We're too big of sissies. We're not bold enough. Well, it could have gone another way if she hadn't come back the next night. But obviously, she was a little bit willing to be drugged or she was. <laughs> you know, she had a flicker of faith somewhere or she would have said, I will never go back there. Not only that, I'm calling my lawyer. And we do have insurance for things like that. Hallelujah. And I'm sure he did too. But uh, thank you, Jesus. We got to be determined when it comes to ministering healing. And, and uh, hallelujah. So uh, let's go over to Romans 4. We might not even get through this tonight. And I didn't even have many notes. I'm just running loose. Romans 4, verse 16. Listen to this. Therefore, it is of faith. Say, of faith. That it might be by grace, to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham. See, now, right here explains a lot of things. A lot of things you might not understand about healing, right here in this verse. What it's saying is, is that God did not leave it up to himself. 
to play heavenly bingo and say, okay, I'll heal you and I'll heal you and I won't heal you, but I'll heal you. No, he didn't do that. He said, therefore, it is of faith. He put it into the faith realm. He made that the condition for healing and he told us why. He said that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. He wanted it to be for everybody. And so he made it to be by faith. He didn't want it to just be for Jews. He wanted it to be for all the seed. Therefore, it is by faith. But to that also, which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. He wanted it to be for everybody in covenant. Hallelujah. Now, he, the, 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 say, the lost don't get healed because they're in covenant. They're not in covenant. But we, get, we, we have that covenant of healing. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as those they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. So that's where we want to go. Where we want to go as Christians is what? Fully persuaded. Not just, you know, I'm fully persuaded I'm saved. You couldn't talk me out of I'm saved. There's nothing you could do to talk me out of I'm saved. Hallelujah. But there's probably some other things that I'm not as fully persuaded about that are right there in the Bible and are just as sure. So what do we do? We renew our mind until we become fully persuaded. Amen. We must guard our faith. Guard what we hear. Guard what we see. You know, you can't, you can't imagine, but you know, some movies can tear down your faith. Even, I tell you what, even some advertisements on TV can, turn, can tear your faith up. Mm -hmm. That's what remote controls were created for. So you don't have to watch all this, you know, all the advertisements. And this is the side effects. My gosh, the side effects can make you sick just listening to them. Don't want to do that. Okay, so what you hear, what you see, people, people can really tear down your faith. What you speak, and Proverbs 23 says, uh, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So one of the things that you're going to be so busy doing as a Christian is keeping your heart, keeping your heart. Hallelujah. Um, and then also keeping our eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus. Let me say something to you. When you put people on a faith pedestal, you're going to, be, you're going to hurt your faith where healing is concerned. I know when we, we've been in with faith people since the very beginning of getting filled with the Spirit around faith people, and the first time I thought, if you were a faith people, of course, if you were a faith person, you preached faith and you believed faith, you did not die. I mean, I knew you would eventually of old age just pass on but I didn't I was like and so the first time somebody didn't get healed and died I was devastated I was like what what and it and I and here's the thing that a lot of Christians do is go if you really have somebody on a pedestal you'll go well if they couldn't get their healing how would I ever get healed you can't look at people it has nothing to do with you their faith has nothing to do with you you don't even know what they were believing I don't care what they were saying 
I don't care how they were acting. You don't know what was in their heart of hearts and how they were believing. So you just can't look at them. You just keep looking at Jesus. Keep looking at the word. Keep your eyes on the word. Okay, number four, the fourth basis for, our, for healing, I don't know, is, I do know, it's authority. I don't know if I'm going to get through, so I was going to say, authority, authority. That's very important. That word authority is the Greek word exousia. Hallelujah. Under authority, that has to do with knowing who we are in Christ. Who did Christ make us? A lot of Christians know they're saved and don't know what Christ made them to be. Hallelujah. And one thing you are is, and you need to know it, is a divine healing transmitter. Matthew 18, 18. Authority. We could go all the way back over to Genesis where uh, God... Uh, made God, man in his own image and he gave them he gave them authority in the garden of eden he, he made them to be the the authority in the earth in the earth we're the christian is the authority god is not going to take charge and take over and and he's not because he said man i'm going to give you authority in the earth mankind born again man new covenant men have authority in the earth hallelujah in Matthew 18, 18, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. One version says, Whatever you allow on earth, God will allow in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what are you allowing? What am I allowing? Hallelujah. Okay, so knowing we have authority. Praise God. Not everything. Well, why did God do that? God took them. All of that is people that don't know their authority. God took them. God needed a rose. You read that in the paper pretty often. God needed a rose for his rose garden. You know, they'll put those little things to remember their relatives. And God needed a rose for his rose garden. Bad doctrine. Bad doctrine. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just renew our mind. Maybe not anything we can do about it, but we can renew our mind. Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus wrote Mark eleven twenty two. You always remember that. And Jesus answering saith unto them, he said it, have faith in God or have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith. That's what it says. For verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, if you'll say unto the mountain, but it's not up to God, you have to do the mountain talking. You're the mountain mover. Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. You believe what you say, I believe what I say will come to pass. I'm saying a lot of things right now. Hallelujah. Now God will get involved. He'll tell you what to say sometimes. He's told me a lot of times, I want you to believe me for this. And I just say, Hallelujah. When he tells me that. One time he said, it's time for a new car. I said, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And the old car wasn't even bad. But he said, it's time for a new car. He'll get involved with your life. He wants to be involved. But it's still going to be up to you. A lot of people get a word of prophecy in church. And then they go home and do nothing with it. Paul told Timothy, take those words of prophecy and buy them war of good warfare. You need to start speaking it over and over. We got a word recently sent to us by email from a, um, a pastor in 
Eldorado, Arkansas. And she said, this is what God's saying to y'all. So we've started saying it. Well, we're saying it over and over. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. One of, what part of it was a new avenue of revenue? We said, thank you, Lord. We're getting a new avenue of revenue. Hallelujah. Part of it was a new day, a new beginning. Thank you, Jesus. So we're speaking it every day, every day, many times a day. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And, I'm, and we do, we speak to our body parts. I'm speaking to, um, I'm speaking to situations and body parts now. My words are creative. And, and you do the same. Be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. But this is talking about authority and taking your authority to speak to the mountain. Not even praying. This is not going to God and asking him to remove the mountain. That's not what it is. What well, so one minister said, I think it was Watchman Nee, actually, he said, most Christians spend all their time trying to get something they've already got. We've already got healing. We start speaking. We line our mouth up with what we've already got. Amen. Instead of, oh, God, heal me. Oh, precious Jesus, please heal me. You know, that's good. that is not going to go anywhere. That's not going to fly. Slinging snot and crying tears. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. None of y'all ever did that. Hallelujah. Uh, now we're still talking about authority. I don't know if we have time to read it. We'll read one more, okay? Luke 9, 1 through 6. Matthew, Mark, Luke. We'll read one more. Authority. May we must have a very big understanding, complete understanding of the authority that we have in Christ. What's been given to us. Hallelujah. You're the authority in the earth. You are the prophet of your own life. That's what Brother Copeland says. You're the one that has to take charge of your house. You're the one that speaks and the tornado lifts up over your house. That would shock most Christians. Would they would they would be they would say she is blaspheming, but that is Bible. That's Bible. That is Bible right there. You have to take authority over it. Thank you, Jesus. Luke nine one. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority. Say that with me. Power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said unto them, take nothing for your journey, neither staves nor scrip, neither bread, neither money, neither have two coats apiece. And whatsoever house ye enter into, there abide and thence depart. And whatsoever... And whosoever will not receive you when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. So he told them that I'm giving you uh, power and authority. Power and authority. Let me tell you something. This is very important to remember this little phrase. Remember this all your life. Authority is what releases the power. 
You cannot release power unless you know you have authority. And authority is what releases the power. Hallelujah. That word uh, is exousia. It means delegated authority. It was a, it's actually permission to use his name. So we've got to know what we have and be established in it. And here's another thing, whether we feel like it or not, because a lot of times you sure aren't going to feel very spiritual and you're going to have to pray. Or maybe you don't, you just feel like, oh my, I'm just, I don't, you just, if, if, if I stayed home every time I didn't feel anointed or I didn't feel like I was spiritual, I wouldn't come to church a lot of times. I've even told pastor before, I'm only going this morning because I'm the pastor's wife. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I have to. And I'm sure he's felt the same way, but really he's pretty strong. He's stronger than I am. He's a rock. I'm telling you, he's a rock. And he's like, well, what does that have to do with it? That's just your feelings. And so, hallelujah. But we can't go by feelings. Amen. And in these last days, such a demand on us, such a demand on us. There is coming a tremendous demand on us for healing, to minister healing, to help people. I mean, I was listening to Joe Morris the other day, and he was in a, I forget what town he was in, it seemed like it was Tulsa, and he was in a quick stop or a, one of those, you know, like a 7-Eleven, one of those convenience stores, and he said, uh, this man hollered and said, I wish somebody would tell me how to get saved, and he said, he just thought, I don't know what's going on here. And he just, you know, he's getting his Diet Coke. You know how Joe is. He was getting the hugest Diet Coke that they, could, they made. And, you know, he's putting that. And he said, and then many hollered, that guy hollered again, I wish somebody would tell me how to get saved. And he hollered three times. This guy hollered in the store. And finally, Joe walked over and said, well, Doc, you know how he calls everybody Doc? Well, Doc. And he said, I can tell you how to get saved. But I believe in these last days, people are going to shock you like that. Hallelujah. Because of that anointing and that life of God, that Zoe life of God. And you know, the Bible says in Isaiah 60 that when the darkness gets darker, you're going to be brighter. You're going to shine so, oh, you're going to shine so that when you walk into quick stop, people are, you, people are going to cry out. People are going to cry out and they're going to say, I wish you would help me. You've got to prepare yourself for this. You can't go, uh, I think I got Pastor Michael on speed dial. <laughs> and this person needs help. And I don't know what to do. And uh, oh my. No, you've got to be the minister. You're the divine healing minister. Hallelujah. You want to lead us in some confessions? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He does me that way. I think I'll do it. Okay, let's say this together. I am, I am born, again. born again. I am a new creation. I have the life of God in me. I have the life of God in me. I, I lay hands on the sick. I lay hands on the sick. And they do recover. They do recover. I believe, I believe that healing flows out of my hands. When I lay my hands on anybody, hallelujah, I'm anointed, hallelujah, I'm filled with the knowledge of His will, I know what to do in every situation, 
in every circumstance. I know what to say because the Holy Spirit fills my mouth. Hallelujah. I am a divine healing transmitter. People are attracted to the light in me. People are attracted to the light in me. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 I got the life of God in me. Got something on the inside, working on the outside. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name forever. Jesus, you are my Lord. Say that with me. Jesus, you are my Lord. Say, God, you are my Father. Holy Spirit, you are my teacher. My comforter. My standby. My advocate. My intercessor. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise God. Say this with me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Say, in my pathway is life, and there is no death or destruction. I am hid in the secret place. Of his presence, he has given his angels charge over me. They bear me up in their hands. I don't even dash my foot against a stone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now you're going out of here full of the life of God. You're going out protected. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're blessed. You're blessed. You got the blessing of God on you. Thank you, Jesus. And you're strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You are filled with the fullness of God. You have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of His dear Son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is well with you. It is well with you. Say, it is well with me. Say, I have favor. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All these students in here, hallelujah, you are ten times wiser than all the Babylonian children. Read that in Daniel. Read the whole book. It'll do you good. Hallelujah. Say, I have an excellent spirit. In me. That's what Daniel, that's what it said about Daniel. Hallelujah. I say that over my grandkids. They are ten times wiser than all the Babylonian children. You got the mind of Christ. I don't care if you have to take double, triple physics. Is that a course? Hallelujah. You can master it through the one that lives in you. Thank you, Jesus. There is no challenge too big for you. Hallelujah. Oh, I've been changed. I've been reborn. All my life has been rearranged. Hallelujah. I'm not the same. Hallelujah. You are not operating with just your limited intelligence. I don't care if your IQ is 70 or 130. If your IQ is 130, you've got limited intelligence if you're depending on that. But we're depending on Jesus Christ and the mind of Christ. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, anybody want to say anything? Well, pastor wants to receive an offering. 
I forgot about that. I could have just kept confessing.